Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. When I walked past the farm truck stand, which they were grilling burgers and it was intoxicating. And you can see like these like people kind of zombie style wandering over there because they're like, what is that? I mean, everyone is cheering for everyone. Mm -hmm. So it really is a very positive experience. They wanted to have food that was culturally diverse, served a bunch of different kinds of people that come from different places and make them feel seen through the diversity of cuisine. You know, food does tell a story. On March 4th, some 22,000 people packed into St. Louis's brand new City Park soccer stadium. They cheered as their team, St. Louis City SC, won its first ever home game and started what's become a serious soccer boom. But those fans also arrived to another kind of treat, one that involves no kicking on the field, but a whole lot of kicking for the taste buds, and the stadium's food options have earned their own fan following. We'll talk with one food vendor at the stadium in just a moment. But first, we welcome Mira Nagarajan, executive editor of Sauce Magazine. Mira, welcome back. Hi, thank you. You co-wrote this cover story um, in the April issue titled, Your Ultimate Guide to Eating at City Park Stadium. The piece opens with an observation that at most stadiums, what you get to eat is, quote, an underwhelming Mobius loop of concessions offering near-identical menus of predictable items and little in the way of local flavor. So, Mira, what sets City Park apart, and how does it escape that predictable loop? Well, it's... Well, I'll first of all say Ian Shaw wrote that intro, our staff writer, (laughs) so I can't take credit for those words, but... um, what took what what happened at City Park is that the ownership wanted to prioritize the experience that sports fans would have through food. Mm-hmm. Soccer is a globally beloved sport. There are thousands of professional soccer clubs across the world. So they wanted to have food that was culturally diverse, served a bunch of different kinds of people that come from different places and make them feel seen through the diversity of cuisine. So that emphasis on the local and independent as well, wholly intentional. Yes. And Gerard Kraft, the James Beard award-winning chef whose niche food group was born here in St. Louis, served as the stadium's city flavor um, program sort of head and the team's flavor officer. That's right. Right. So from the vendor perspective, how is City Park's approach different from the way it's done at other stadiums? Yeah. So at traditional professional sports stadiums, food vendors that are entering that space have to pay a fee to enter that space in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So that fee could be $50,000 to up to $100,000 just to pay to play. On top of that, they have to pay a monthly fee to stay in that space. Mm -hmm. So at City Park, they wanted to offer local 
independent, family-run restaurants in some cases, the opportunity to come in if that's what they wanted to do. They waived that entry fee, so that barrier to entry was eliminated. Mm -hmm. And then they pay essentially a commission-based pricing structure every month which is a percentage of what they sell. Mm -hmm. So uh, not everybody has to pay the same fee. It depends on how much they're selling that that particular game. So what that did is it just opened it up to, it opened up the opportunity to sell food from different kinds of small businesses. And it really allowed those businesses to get popularity from a new dining audience. Mm -hmm. Some of those people maybe are trying um, Bold Spoon or Balkan Treat Box or Nudo for the first time, have a great experience, and when they leave that stadium, maybe the following week, they're going to that restaurant. So it not only highlights the local economy, highlights local artisans, local chefs, it also really educates our dining public and makes them savvier and smarter and um, helps to grow those local businesses in in a way that probably just because of the exposure. As you said, 22,000 people are going to be exposed to your business. It's a great opportunity to really share what St. Louis has to offer from the restaurant perspective. Mm -hmm. When you were at the stadium, um, that that first game, and then whichever games you've been able to go to, can you smell all of the different? A hundred percent. I mean, I will say, for example, when I walked past the farm truck stand, which they were grilling burgers, and it was intoxicating. And you can see, like, these, like, people kind of zombie-style wandering over there because they're like, what is that? I want to know what that is. And then when they find out it's, like, this local independent small business, they're like, okay, that's really cool. And it it's just, like, organically spread, mm-hmm. you know, just to inspire people. And they're actually saying, you know, a lot of sports fans who've experienced it are saying, we want more, want want more people like this that are bringing interesting food to this setting. Mm -hmm. Now, from the stadium visitor side, hot dogs, wings, nachos, that's typically what's available at sports stadiums. And it's not only what people expect, like it's also very much sometimes what people want. I mean, nostalgia and tradition, they play very big in sports watching experiences. So are there versions of these items at City Park to satisfy those who are looking for that? Absolutely. I mean, if a hot dog is what you want, you can get Steve's Hot Dogs, which has all these souped up hot dogs. And if you want just a traditional hot dog with mustard or relish or whatever it is on it, you can also find that too. They really have curated it to make it for adventurous eaters, for local like enthusiasts, also just for traditional sports fans who just, you know, they're here to cheer on the team and they want a nachos with neon cheese. They have that for you. <laughs> neon cheese is a very, uh, that's a very vivid visual. I mean, who doesn't love it? It's inspiring. It, it's, it's, an, it's nostalgic mm-hmm. and they have that. So yeah, you don't have to be, you know, adventurous in order to you know, appreciate the offerings that they have there. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason hot dogs and nachos also, that they're ubiquitous, actually has to do with cost, right? So stadiums generate revenue from food services, which typically means businesses incur steep costs, which you have talked about. Then there's the, the fan side of that. And many people on social media have raved about dining options at City Park. At the same time, others have commented that price points for the food 
are less than appetizing, especially if the cost is already so high to get into the stadium for a match to begin with. So can you speak to the range that folks can expect to spend if they want to make food part of their experience at City Park? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I went to La Tiendita, for example. I would have to guesstimate here, but I would imagine I would spend around $16 for uh, a plate of food that I got from there. So I would expect anywhere from $15 to $20 for like a meal-sized portion. Mm -hmm. Now, we're talking about St. Louis City Park Stadium and the way that its food offerings are exposing local soccer fans to local restaurants. We're here with Mira Nagarajan, executive editor of Sauce Magazine. But we also have another guest here. So, Mira, you mentioned at the top, you know, we mentioned at the top that Sauce Magazine's April issue featured that ultimate guide to the to the stadium food. The cover models for that issue are three velvety scoops of ice cream (laughs) from Bold Spoon Creamery. And as it happens, it sells its frozen treats to St. Louis soccer fans. And the owner of Bold Spoon is here with us today, Rachel Burns. Rachel, welcome to the show again. Thank you for having me. You grow all the ingredients you put in your ice cream on your farm, your ice cream farm, in St. Francis County. How did you go from farm to stadium? Um, Well, it was quite the journey, but a short journey, actually. So we started our business in May of 2020. Um, We rented space at St. Louis Food Works, which is an incubator kitchen in the Central West End. Um, Basically, kind of fast-forwarded a year out, outgrew that. My husband was desperate to move to the country, so I said, only if we find a property (laughs) with a building that we could turn into our kitchen that's big enough to plant an orchard and gardens because I really want to grow the fruits and herbs we use Mm -hmm. in our ice cream on our land. Um, And so he found just that, and we've been on our farm since uh, May of 2021. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, fast forward a bit beyond that, I get a call asking if I'd like to be in the stadium. A casual call. A casual call. I mean, what was that call like? I was just, where, what is happening? I couldn't even believe it. It wasn't, um, you know, certainly I was aware that the stadium was coming. I was very excited, as all people in the, you know, region that our sports fans were. Um, But in terms of actually being within the stadium, you know, I didn't have a good understanding of the initiative Uh, with respect to local food. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really wasn't something on my radar until I was approached with the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And was it like an immediate yes? You didn't have to think about it? It was a yes, and we will figure out the details as we go. (laughs) (laughs) What is the game day experience like for you? Uh, It's so exciting. And actually for us, it's a bit easier than some of the other restaurant partners because we make all of our ice cream in our facility on our farm and deliver it you know, days in advance. Everyone else is kind of frantically getting ready day of, but we, you know, come with a finished product. So, you know, we're able to kind of engage in some of the excitement of just the atmosphere that, you know, maybe others are more head down getting ready. Yeah. And what opportunities does being in the stadium on game day afford you? Well, it's amazing for a lot of reasons. I mean, one, you know, food does tell a story. Like, think about you could say, oh, I went to this amazing place, or, you know, it tells a a story in terms of kind of your, you know, talking about your family. And now that food as a story of the stadium is spectacular. And so that we get to be part of it, 
um, I'm beyond grateful for because it actually has helped our growth otherwise. Mm. So we are now in um, snooks throughout Missouri and Illinois, and a lot of times guests will come to us and say, I love your ice cream. When, when can I, where can I get it mm-hmm. other than game day? And I say, well, you could go to all of the Snooks markets, you could go to Straub's, you could go to Fresh Time. So um, just exposing us to a bigger audience has been amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as sports stadiums go, I haven't been to very many of them. Mm-hmm. But my sense is, as you were talking about, Mira, is that um, most of them don't feature local purveyors in the same way that City Park does. Rachel, for you, as someone who's a relatively new business owner, what's it been like to be included, especially among a number of businesses that have made their name in St. Louis over some time? Sure. I will say there's a real camaraderie among all of the local providers. I mean, we're all each other's cheerleader. We all, you know, help each other. Um, If there's kind of lessons learned, we're all sharing those. Um, So that is great. And I'd say to have the support of um, Levy, who is the food management group, and Gerard and the the ownership group of the stadium. I mean, everyone is cheering for everyone. Mm -hmm. So it really is a very positive experience. So let's talk about the ice cream. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks think ice cream at a stadium uh, begins and ends with Dippin' Dots. It does not. (laughs) Your flavors, though, (laughs) go beyond the dots spectrum. So talk to us about what you're serving to folks at City Park. And does it come in a half soccer dome or cleat-shaped cup? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it doesn't. It comes in just a normal kind of a white cup. But So our whole brand identity is really um, focusing on unique flavor profiles, very high quality ingredients. We like to kind of put them together in fun ways. So some of the flavors that you'll see in the stadium, um, also in stores, are flavors like our goat cheese and fig, salted chocolate, lemon curd. Um, at the upcoming match on May 20th, we're going to be featuring kind of the first harvest from our farm. It's our garden mint ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we just we don't use food colorings or natural flavorings, just all real great ingredients and put them together in fun ways. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, uh, getting some bold spoon at City Park, mm-hmm. it is limited to those with access to the Michelob Ultra Club level of the stadium. Do you have hopes for making your ice cream available throughout City Park? And uh, does it happen to involve random drop-offs and just saying, hi, my name is Rachel. I've got this newish business. I just wanted to give you a little treat. (laughs) Well, that's how I started my business is random drop-offs to neighbors, uh, you know, back in May. um, Well, really, that started kind of in April of 2020. Um, However, I will say the Ultra Club after the match um, is open for an additional hour to any ticket holders. So anyone mm. who's in the stadium can come in after the match and okay. enjoy our food as well as the other great vendors within right. the Ultra Club. That's that's a great note there. Now, Rachel, you were just talking a moment ago about the camaraderie with other restaurant owners in St. Louis. Has that opened any opportunities for you to offer Bold Spoon at those brick-and-mortar restaurants? Like, are people saying to you, I want your ice cream at my place? 
Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities that could come about. I mean, that's certainly one of them. Another opportunity that can come about is on our farm, you know, we have a liquor license, we have a full commercial kitchen, so we could actually have visiting chefs at our farm for farm dinners. Mm. So there's a lot of kind of cross-pollinization that I think will emerge as the season progresses. Okay. And what is it that you're looking forward to um, throughout the, the soccer season that will be growing in your gardens on the farm? Sure. Well, uh, we have about 300-foot rows of strawberries. Uh, so we'll be uh, <laughs> coming up with some fun flavors there. We have raspberries, blackberries, um, a young orchard that will produce a bit um, you know, coming up in the coming months. So lots of great fresh fresh fruit flavors mm-hmm. with a twist, good. of course. Okay. <laughs> now, Mira, I feel like people might have different expectations for stadium food, and usually they're not that high. For the food vendors at City Park who do have a brick-and-mortar shop, how does their food at the stadium compare with what is offered at the restaurants? That's a great question. I I think that they really do pick things that they think are going to be optimal in this setting. You know, they basically are treating it like I'm catering for 22,000 people tonight. So what is <laughs> what am I going to be able to execute quickly, efficiently, and with high quality? So, you know, I've had the food at Chez Ali, at uh, um, City Foundry, mm-hmm. and the food that they're serving at the park, their jerk chicken wings are great. Balkan treat box, same thing. Their kebabs that they're doing there are really great. It, it mirrors the quality of the food that I've had at Balkan Treat Box, their brick-and-mortar restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, the curation of the restaurants that are coming into the stadium space were decided because their food is really good quality at the restaurant and they were able to figure out systems to replicate the quality at the stadium. Mm -hmm. And do you think that this model is replicable at other stadiums, right? Like to some small extent, we do see a little bit of that at Bush Stadium. Yes. I mean, do you hope to see this trend take off elsewhere? I absolutely do. I think that they figured out here how to work with Levy, their food management service, and make it profitable for them and figure out ways to usher in small businesses. I mean, I think Mission Taco entering Bush Stadium, yeah, that's a great opportunity. And I think fans love it. and they're a larger chain. So like figuring out ways to make it easier for small businesses to enter. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I was talking to Gerard Kraft, who said that, you know, people thought that this was a really crazy idea. But now he's getting calls like, hey, this is actually working and people are paying for it and liking it. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, I hope, inspi- going to inspire the future of dining in um, these kinds of arenas. Mm-hmm. Both of you are going to City Park this weekend. Where are you eating, Rachel? I will be hopefully eating at both. Well, it, I oscillate back and forth between Malenche and um, Fattened Calf. Okay. 
And how about you, Mira? Well, the next time I go, I would definitely go back to La Tiendita. Or I'm really into Didi Mao lately, and I order from them all the time, so it just hits the spot. Mira Nagarajan is the executive editor of Sauce Magazine. You can find more tips for stadium dining in the April issue and online at saucemagazine.org. And Rachel Burns is the owner of Bold Spoon Creamery. You can pick up one of her scoops at City Park or in freezer cases at Schnucks. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. This episode was produced by Danny Wissentowski. With audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.